Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Money Flirt Podcast. The Money Flirt was born from the idea that we all deserve to have a lighthearted, flirty, and fun relationship with money. My personal journey with money was anything but flirty up until fairly recently. A few years ago, I started to investigate the ways that I was programmed since childhood to think and behave around money. I've since done a ton of work on this area of my life in the form of coaching, spirituality, embodiment practices, nervous system regulation, and a lot more. Yes, I've done a lot, but in the past year, I've skyrocketed my money healing by doing one very simple yet powerful action on a regular basis. I openly talk about money. Shame cannot exist when light is cast upon it, and this has truly been my secret sauce for up-leveling my money habits and feelings around wealth. So I'm here to create a space for people to talk with me about their money story. I'm here to champion the brave souls who acknowledge their shame and to cheer on their success as well. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you did, you have a money story. Time for the obligatory, let's get into the episode. Hi friends, welcome back. This is episode 20 of the Money Flirt podcast and I'm having a solo episode today talking about some things that I've learned from coaching, being a money mindset coach. It's been really interesting because a year ago, I never would have thought this would be my path, but I have just learned so much about shaping my relationship with money that I I knew that this is the way I want to make impact is by helping others have a healthier relationship to their money. So I do a mix of sharing what's worked for me and then also exploring other concepts and ways of, of healing, healing modalities to, to bring to clients and bring into my work. And so I want to talk about something that's come up with a few of the clients that I've coached so far, and it's a belief about managing money. Um, so one of the things, and I definitely experienced this too, so I know there must be something to this idea of when I have more money is when I'll start managing my money. And so this is a really common limiting belief that it, it's just so tempting to like future forecast that you will, you're putting off learning how to manage money until you're rich. I know it's really tempting and to think this way, and I'm going to talk about some ways to to kind of debunk this inner limit because the longer you put off learning how to manage money, the how do I put this? It's your money management is not going to fix itself. And so it's really important to start putting into practice these small things that you can do right away to shift the energy around you and your money, even when you're not making the amount that you're desiring to call in. So let's start with that phrase again. When I have more money, I'll be able to manage the money. Or when I have money, I'll learn how to manage it. Or it sometimes come, comes in the phrase, I can't manage money because I don't have enough of it. So this is a, a problem and I, for one, did not realize for me that it was it was a problem. I kept thinking, well, how can I manage, you know, a few hundred dollars or like whatever my limiting, uh, my whatever my limited income was at the time? And think about think about it this way: 
Like, what if someone, I love using the language learning example. I used to be a language teacher and I've, I've learned foreign languages. And so it's an interest of mine. And there's a lot of overlap with learning a language and learning how to heal your money mindset. So the idea would be when I'm fluent in Spanish, then I'll speak Spanish, right? Like, <laughs> it sounds crazy. When I'm fluent in German, then I'll speak German. It, that, what, 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 like, that doesn't make any sense. So you're saying I'm only going to be able to speak in that foreign language when I'm already perfect at it. But that's not how we learn. We learn by being very, very, very bad <laughs> at something at first. And so this money mindset stuff is not a magic wand. Like you, yes, you can work on identity formation, which I've talked about in the last money mindset episode, but it really depends on your tolerance for being very shitty at something. Wouldn't you rather be very shitty at managing a few hundred dollars than being very shitty at managing multi-millions dollars? You know what I'm saying? So be very shitty at managing your limited income now because you're only going to be very shitty for a short amount of time if you stick with money management. Or another example would be like, if you say you like back in your teenage days, you would say something like, when I have my driver's license, then I'll be able to drive. No, they give you like nine months <laughs> to get your shit together in order to get your driver's license. Like they support you and they know that you're going to be bad. They put stickers on the car saying, student driver, beware. Like, <laughs> Remember that we've all had experiences in life when we've been really, really horrible at something. So what you could do is just take out your phone or get a pen and write down 10 things that you used to really suck at. Yeah, so like for me, and 10 things I used to be really shitty at um, playing guitar slash still shitty at that. I used to be really shitty at speaking Spanish. I used to think I was really good. That's, and then I was told, no, you weren't very good, but I've improved over time. Let's see, what else was I shitty at? Yeah, I was a sh shitty teacher. When I first started teaching, I remember that a student, I had done like a little student teaching thing. So I like had a lesson plan and I taught it to this group of students. And at the end of the class, one of the students came up to me. She said, in your report, teacher, can you write that this went badly? <laughs> like straight up to my face said that my lesson was horrible. So that's another example. And of course I became a really good teacher, but like I was really shitty at it. And so when it comes to managing your money, if you don't have any practice doing it, you're going to be shitty at it. So what? So what? Give yourself grace for being shitty at something. You've done it before. Everybody goes through it. And so learning how to have some compassion for that beginner mindset and that beginner mentality. And rather than going down the route too of saying, well, somebody else should have taught me this. Well, guess what? They didn't. Or maybe you, they did and you weren't paying attention, which is me. <laughs> Whatever. It's all good. You have now. You have the present moment to work on healing your relationship with money, learning how to manage money 
and just setting up systems that are supportive. And I want to also mention that in this space, it's important to remember that money trauma is real. And so I always hesitate when I'm giving advice about money to say, just do it this way, because I never want to ignore the fact that money trauma is real. When the brain is triggered, we're not actually able to access the part of the brain that governs critical thinking and logic. And so we react from the emotional side of the brain. And so if it's something where there's a, if you have a trigger around managing your money, that's something to definitely explore, like the emotions that are coming up when you sit down to create a budget or to allocate funds to different savings goals. Like if that is something that you feel a sense in your body, getting hot, getting tight or tense somewhere in your body, having scattered thoughts, this is a really strong indicator that you are triggered by the experience and to explore what's going on there. And so I think, and I always want to mention this because I I feel so much that traditional financial advice just tells you to push through it anyway but we would never like imagine telling a child to like that's having a really strong emotional reaction to something some would call it a tantrum like asking them to just switch gears and do your homework instead like (laughs) no that person needs support and you know while it may be annoying to watch from the outside like that person needs to get regulated before they can transition to doing the task and so keep that in mind as i give any advice on this podcast or in my on my instagram is that we're assuming that this managing your money is happening from a regulated state and if you're dysregulated around managing money exploring all of that so i want to continue with this analogy to learning learning a language because I really do think that money mindset rather than like a magic wand okay even in like coaching it takes multiple sessions to unearth some some things about mindset and to put in systems that are more supportive and so there's no first of all like there's no magic wand let's just like call a spade a spade it takes some work and it takes being savvy and committed to working on your mindset so i want to talk about this is going to sound like really jargony but in language teaching we refer to like the beginner the begin like the, the alphabet or like the beginning parts of a sentence we call it comprehensible input and it's a fancy way of saying make it very 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 easy. If you are thrown something like a really complex grammar rule right off the bat, you're going to get discouraged and you're not going to want to keep going. And so comprehensible input, make it easy. This is true for money management. People, you know, I love Ally Online Bank. It is such a great, easy uh, tool to get started with having different savings buckets. You can open an online savings account and start putting $5 a paycheck in there until you start getting more familiar and comfortable with money management. So that's an easy, low barrier to entry way to start managing your money is to open up an online savings account. Another thing, if you're learning a language, is to make sure that you're in the right environment, right? So if you learn, want to learn Spanish, the best environment, and this is great because we have like online access, you know, you can watch Spanish Netflix, you can watch YouTubers speaking in Spanish, you have like so much that you can 
bring into your environment if you're learning a second language. And the same is true for money mindset. And so it's a little bit different though. So when I think about designing the environment, a really important thing to take stock of is like who is around you that talks about money? Who are your friends and how do they talk about money? And it can be really challenging when you are learning how to heal your relationship with money. And yet every time you go out with your friends, like everyone wants to gripe and complain about money. So it's not, I'm not saying, you know, get all new friendships, but learn how to, to be with someone who's talking about money in a very negative way and have compassion for them and their experience with money, but hold firm to your boundary around money. And so that can look like um, choosing not to really engage in the conversations or like trying to steer away from them a little bit, or just taking a break from friends that are you're finding are, are toxic to your, to your money mindset health. Yeah. The other thing in designing your environment is to seek out expanders. And I've talked about this a few times on the podcast. It's something that I was inspired by from the to be magnetic work, which is basically if you seek out someone that has what you want. So maybe somebody that has a positive money mindset, someone who knows how to manage their money in a healthy way, be friends with them or pick their brain or follow them on Instagram and watch what they do or whatever it is, like create multiple expanders for yourself around healthy money mindset and know who they are and make a list of them. All right. And another thing in language learning that applies to money mindset work is meaningful practice. I, as a language teacher, as soon as you teach a new concept, you want your students to use it right away in context, in, in a way that helps them mimic real like a real language use situation and so meaningful practice is really important with money mindset too and I, I always think of like don't fall into the duolingo trap because people love duolingo it's a gamified way of learning a language it gives you like you're like yes I got to whatever level yes I have whatever streak and then Oftentimes, if that person doesn't have meaningful practice, like isn't practicing the language with someone else, they don't really, like they can't really communicate their idea or like be in conversation around it because they lack the meaningful practice. And that can happen with money mindset. So if you're consuming a lot of podcasts and a lot of books, that's great. But if you're not using it right away or talking about it with a friend and getting it out of your head and into your your, your mouth and using your words to synthesize what you're learning, often it's just going to stay there in that kind of intellectual ether. And it won't make them move into the real world if you're not careful about incorporating meaningful practice. So an easy way to create meaningful practice with money mindset is to set up a time to chat with a friend about money and being careful with the friend that you choose. So choosing a friend who is also on a money healing journey or a friend who is has been just really supportive of your growth, someone who won't poo-poo your new ideas because they're quote unrealistic or whatever. So just being careful with the person that you choose, that can be such a great way to really integrate the concepts 
that you learn around healthy money mindset is setting up that time with a friend to chat about money. Here's what I learned. Here's what I think. Here's how I want to use it. You'll start to get more and more comfortable with embodying that version of you. So that's a great way to set up meaningful practice. Just like if you were learning a language, you would want to have a conversation partner. You can think of this as your money mindset conversation partner. And another thing with meaningful practice, it can be very, very helpful to keep track of every positive step you make toward healing your relationship with money. So having a dedicated money journal, I talk about this in the money moon course, but having one journal that's only about money, like no grocery list people like, no, get that out of there. This is a dedicated journal for you to reflect on your relationship with money, to take inventory of like your money, you're doing your own money story work in it and keep track of every positive step that you make toward healing that relationship to money. So you can just at the top of one of the pages, like my money mindset progress. And like every time you have a money date, write the money date in that in the journal. And then over time, what's great about having a money journal is I love looking back at my money journals and just going back and being like, wow, looking at where I started with money versus like how I feel now. It's just amazing to, to keep track of your progress. And so that's another way to get that meaningful practice is to to keep track in your money. All right. And then another note that I have about this relationship with money mindset, how it relates to language learning is understanding that this is, that you're in this for the long game, just like learning a language takes many years, unless you're kind of a a language savant, which is (laughs) good for you. But most of us, it takes a long time that shifts and fluctuates as well. So like for me, learning Spanish, I, I still like hesitate to call myself like very fluent. I, I still have a lot to learn. And if I don't practice, you know, it goes, goes wonky. So it is a lifelong game. Learning a second language for many people, if you're not like totally immersed in it hundred percent of the time, it can be, yeah, just like a long game. Same with money mindset. So when you understand that it's the long game, you can focus on consistency over speed You can focus on avoiding comparison. That's a common trap is comparing your progress with someone else's. And it gives you lots and lots and lots of practice for compassionate self-talk. That is one of my secrets for improving my relationship with money is learning how to talk to myself in a very gentle way as if I were a fucking baby. (laughs) Okay, these are things that can help you get into that that state of mind around money mindset healing as the long game. And so I want to wrap up by talking about something that I, I mentioned in a workshop with my friend Leah, who has a La Riqueza podcast, and she's on Instagram talking about building wealth in, in her communities. She's a first first gen individual and building wealth in that arena. We talked about money mindset with her group. And I wanted to to bring to light, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's just so important to remember that money mindset is more than just like building a, a muscle. It's also about dislodging some subconscious beliefs that have been on loop your, as a thought pattern for your entire life. Since our first breath, we've been steeping <laughs> in our culture around money. And so we, there's a lot 
that's going on under the surface, just like an iceberg has all of that mass under the surface with money mindset. And most of these patterns and behaviors and thoughts are on loop and are can be difficult to, to dislodge from a conscious level. And so what that means is, say for example, I said, hey, I want you to stop knowing how to speak English. I want you to stop knowing how to drive a car. Like what would be the first thing you would do in that situation? Like what would be the task that you could do to not know English anymore? <laughs> like it's a trick question, right? Because there's no, there's nothing you can do in a, at a conscious level to unlearn something that's totally ingrained. And while this isn't like the perfect analogy with money mindset, I think it does help paint the picture of like, the limits of our, of our conscious awareness. And so I did put out a new, like, look, I'm not here, I can't solve this, there's no magic wand. But if you want a tool to get into your subconscious, I made a, a meditation that's designed to help you start building rapport with your subconscious. And so learning how to ask for messages when you're in a deep guided meditation or hypnosis around building that relationship with the part of you that's running the programming. And so it's just like a 10 minute meditation just to start if you haven't really, if you're like build a rapport with my subconscious, what the fuck is she talking about? Like <laughs> check out the meditation, see if it lands for you just to, to dig and poke a little bit at these underlying beliefs. So yeah, just wanted to mention that and and guide people to the meditation if it's something that you feel called to do. All right. And that's it for today. I'm going to be back next week with a, an interview style podcast episode. I've been itching to have more interviews. And so I'm setting up those and I'm really excited. Just a really exciting, have like a surprise guest that I'm very excited about coming later in April. And so stay tuned for those. I also want to mention that I am accepting applications for new, new clients, new coaching clients. If you'd like to work with me on your money mindset and put into practice some of these things. It's a very, very supportive and nourishing way to begin the money healing process is by sitting with someone who's done it. Um, so I'm here for you to be a, not just a sounding board because I know most of the first session usually is clients just truly, truly just letting it out, letting out all of their money shame or things that they've been too afraid to say out loud to their friends or their partners about money like i'm here for you not just to let it out but then to move forward so another thing that happens in coaching really quickly and like just by saying yes to coaching you start to like you stirred up the energy as my friend kyra evans says like once you say yes to coaching things are going to start moving pretty quickly just because you have made that decision to move forward with your relationship with money. And so it, you're creating energetic shifts and you're starting to to put into place aligned action. Like it's just really magical just how saying yes can start to move things. And so yes, I am here for you and they are three month containers to work on your money mindset with me in a safe supportive space. And so if you're interested in that, 
go ahead and check out my show notes. There is a link where you can answer a few questions and get the process started on becoming a, a coaching client of mine. All right, you guys, that is it for today. I hope it was helpful to use this analogy of language learning around money mindset. I find it, you know, this is just my my area of experience and I see a lot of parallels and I know many, many people out there have tried to learn languages or are aspiring to, to learn languages. And so I hope to draw some parallels and get the money mindset stuff out of the abstract realm and into more like, uh, I don't know, like knowable experiences. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.